Speaking of the pest control business, we got Halloween coming up. It's right around the corner. What are the odds that you can be the bug guy from Men in Black, you can be Will Smith, easy, and I can be Tommy Lee Jones? So I got to be Edgar. Or It's all that. Sugar. It looked like he was wearing a egg or sloop. (laughs) (laughs) If one of us goes to war, we all go to war. What's up, tribe? Welcome to the Man Tribe Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Perryman, joined by my co-host... At Skibron James. And yours truly, Jason Hildreth. In the milkshake, Macarena Mastermind, <laughs> Jason Hildreth. Yeah. Hey, guys. Following suit to last week, we were just rocking right when we got here, so we're going to join. Conversation already in progress. They're out of somewhere. She fell down a well. She's 18 months old. She fell down an eight-inch well. How the fuck... Are we it, sure somebody didn't put her? Well, in I there? I did find like some shit online that was like, "Baby Jessica was pushed," and but her dad was eighteen at the time. Her mother was seventeen, and she was a year and a half old. Uh, Midland, Texas. All right. Yeah. I'm not going that route. Yeah. The like conspiracy route. I think that they're good people, and I know so because so much money was donated, like checks just came to their house in jessica's name like just checks there was no yeah. pay uh, patreon or there was no GoFundMe. Yeah, not shit. back then right kickstarter so they deposited all of the checks that the bank would allow them to deposit uh into a trust for her that she gained access to when she turned 25 which was in like 2011 So she got access to, we don't know the exact number, but the estimation is like $800,000 to a million dollars in a trust. Now, her dad, like in an interview later, they kept her out of the media. They updated the media twice in her lifetime. Yeah. So far, I guess. Oh, he did say in one of the interviews, though, that I saw, and you could tell like he felt guilty. He's like, well, there was some checks that were like made out to... My wife and I, that would say, you know, like dinner on us at the in the memo line. Yeah, and he's like, well, the the bank wouldn't take them for the trust because they were in our name. Yeah. So you know, I don't know how much is there, but seems like a super honest dude. Huh. Just wanted his daughter to live a nice life after, and she did. I mean, she's yeah. she's she's been unbothered. Oh well, that. shit. The hell, she got set up. Yeah. Pretty, I mean, eight hundred thousand at twenty five years old. Right. Well, and this. Uh, this week actually marks the 30-year anniversary of that. That was uh, October 14th. Okay. That she, when she went down the well, she was rescued on the 16th. Damn, so she was down there for a couple of days. Yeah, it was like 50, that young 52 hours, 18 months old. Fuck. Like, okay, did they immediately know that she was down there, or did somebody have to find her? Um. I think that pretty quickly they they figured it out. Yeah. I want to say that however she got wedged or hit, she probably made noise. Yeah. 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 Uh, and it seemed like October the 14th was the day she went down, and that was also like the day that it hit 
this story from yeah. Midland, Texas, little girl down a well. I mean, it's some like shit out of Lassie, right? <laughs> yeah. That was the the day, and this is actually one of the first great examples of that cookie cutter, like hometown yeah. news drama story that went national. It was all over the U.S. on every news station. Okay. Her name is Jessica McClure, by the way. Yeah. But if you say baby, you can Google baby Jessica and you'll find more information. Baby Jessica. <laughs> but at least it wasn't like that doesn't, you know, if it's not like some well out in the middle of the pasture or some right. shit like that. And it took people three days to find her and like her parents didn't know where she was and all that. Like, yeah, if it was pretty immediate, they were like, shit. Yeah. Well, Baby I mean, fell down this well. Why is there just an open eight inch hole that goes to the center of the earth? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's it. Yeah. That's a whole do you, different. Do you kind of feel like the guy underplayed it a little bit, though? Like, it almost made it sound like he literally just saved her because it was his job. And I feel like any decent person in that situation should want to help, even if they're not able to. You I'll, know? Yeah. I'll tell like, you that's what. That's not my profession. I can't do it. But if there's anything I can do, let me know. Yeah. You know? Since we just jumped in here, let me play that clip for the folks at home, and we'll let them get a listen, and then we'll talk about it. We are standing in the middle of Midland Centennial Plaza, and I have with me two very, very special guests. Let me introduce them first in the blue paramedics uniform. This is Stephen Forbes. And Stephen, maybe if you show your picture, that might identify yourself even better. If you can see right here in the middle, there is little Jessica McClure being pulled out that fateful moment. And that face right next to her, Stephen Forbes, the man who actually brought her up. This is his brother, Sammy, from Houston, who came specially for today. Stephen, what was this all for you today? I mean, when you were looking around, seeing all of these mobs all here to pay homage to you, how did that make you feel? Well, we felt pretty good about it. We, uh, I think everybody that was involved in it kind of felt like a parade was a little overboard, and we kind of felt undeserving of it. And uh, some of us kind of had a, a down thoughts about it. But it turned out real nice. There's a lot of kids lined the streets that really enjoyed it. Undeserving. Do you not think of yourself as a hero then? No, ma'am. I don't think any of us really think of ourselves as being heroes. We just, especially the fire department guys, because we were doing our jobs. And uh, if there has to be heroes, I've always said it ought to be the diggers that were down digging so hard. Well, when you look at this picture, and certainly when you think back about that moment, how did you feel when you came up? Oh, we were real happy. I don't know how to really put it in words, how happy we were. But, you know, with all the cheers and everything and the clapping and the whistling as we got to the top, it was a a real neat feeling, probably one that I'll never forget. And certainly we'll never forget what you did. Thank you so much. Sammy, I want to just introduce briefly, because he did make the trek from Houston to see his brother. You must have been very proud to see him standing up there. We're very proud of him. He's so special to the family, always has been. Is he always so modest? Yes, (laughs) ma'am. I can tell the whole family is. And we want to also show them while they're standing here a little something we brought from Houston, if you gentlemen wouldn't mind holding it up here. It says, Jessica's Heroes, care of Midland Memorial Hospital. That, of course, means it's actually for you, Stephen, from Carver Jones Elementary in Baytown, Texas. We brought that up, and we're going to make sure that it's turned over to the Chamber of Commerce here. Thank you so much. All right. So we've all heard it now. There's a couple angles, I think. Like you said, that's what they pay him to do. He's a fireman. Like They rescue people, and they're like, hey, kid down a well. They just go to the chalkboard and start solving the problem. How yeah. do we how do we dig down? How do we get her out? So I understand the like him going, I don't feel like a hero. We just did that's what you pay us to do. This was just the time you needed us. 
that interview is what piqued my interest in this because I felt like listening to him, he felt like that parade had been forced on them. Right. Like yeah. they, they were not happy about having a parade for this. Yeah. But like I said, this was like this first big national news story and everybody all over the country was tuned in to watch it. Yeah. I mean, so what's it take a national news station to go, hey, do you think we could find a parade money in the budget to perpetuate this story for a couple days after right. the rescue? Yeah, and then it's like a firm end to the story that they've been covering. Right. Right. Yeah. I think they had tasted success and they didn't want to let it go. Yeah. But what also piqued my interest is I thought just knowing what we know now about the world and America and the shady shit that <laughs> may or may not go on, yeah. I thought this is like a perfect attention grab. What yeah. was happening in the world in this span when baby Jessica was down a well, but the whole nation's eyes were on her. Check this out. So she went down on October 14th, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm what, not... What go, year? Uh, 1987. 1987. And yeah. I'm not saying any of this is like us. I'm just saying I thought it was kind of interesting. October the 15th, so the following day, the Belgian government of Martins falls to some sort of coup or overthrow. Okay. The same day... Killmonger. A coup, yes. A coup in... I don't know how to say this. Burkina Faso? B-U-R-K-I-N-A F-A-S-O. Okay. Well, you nailed it to me. Okay. All right. I'm just I'm just saying we've, we've thrown a coup every now and then. Burkina Faso. It's kind of interesting. On the 16th, for sports guys, the NFL Players Association ended a 24-day strike... Okay. Even though they hadn't really reached like any grand agreement or yeah, payment, yeah. Uh, they ended the strike. That just so happens to be the same day that 338,500,000 shares were traded on the New York Stock Exchange, which was, and fuck, maybe a record still, Okay, but it was a tremor. All right? It was indicative of that evening the Dow Jones fell for the first time more than 100 points. And then the following, October the 19th, 1987, which is three days after... She was rescued. She was rescued. Okay, when so, was the parade? So I'm going to look that up because I don't know if it was on the 18th or the 19th. If it was on the 19th, shit's getting spooky. But the 19th has come to be known as Black Monday. For anybody in the financial institutions, Black Monday, October the 19th, 1987, was when stock markets, not just here, not just ours, around the world, crashed. Everybody panicked. Everybody panicking. So here's, here's kind of my question on the back end. Was this just the story that America needed because we knew that shit was about to get real? Man. We're going into some fucking territory here that I'm not sure I want to comment my first thought about what... Just say yes and no. Fire it out there. (laughs) So, uh, false flag? Yeah, that is... That's the first thought. Like, reading that list is like, oh, we're going to do this fucking news story. So, nobody's paying attention to this other shit that's going down. 
coups all over the world. Yeah. Oh, also the the Great Storm of 1987 happens right in the middle of this where London and France were hammered by like hurricane force winds. Okay, so that's the first time that they tested out the weather control machine. (laughs) Is that what this was? (laughs) So the, the government, the evil government, threw a baby down a well so that they could knock off a couple governments, test their weather machine, and then crash the stock market. All within one week. Yeah. And nobody cared because there was a baby in a well. It's very improbable that that would be it. Yeah. But there really wasn't like much. No, I I sound like a fucking conspiracy nut. Like the the earth is also flat. I don't know if y'all knew that. I got a, I actually pulled up an incognito tab just to search like baby Jessica conspiracy theory because I just knew it was going to be a fucking web of shit, right? Believe it or not. There wasn't much. Like, those dates and news stories, I had to independently research. Can you fucking believe that? Oh. <laughs> that wasn't that long ago, either. I mean, we're not talking like the 30s or 40s. I mean, no. 1987? Yeah, that was three years before I was born. Yeah. Yeah, I was to be born six months after this, so... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're a fucking conspiracy, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were in on it. Yeah, I was. I was down the well. How deep was it? Uh, I think she was lodged at like 58 feet. Oh, my God. Good God. Or I was thinking like 11 for some reason. No, 12. no, no, no. They they had to dig down like 60 feet. So, first of all, she survived falling that far. Yeah, she's alive to this day. There. I don't know why we thought we could just get one of those little like playground sand, you know, just little shovels and work <laughs> our way down there. I didn't realize it was, you know, that far down. Right. Something kind of interesting. I was trying to do some research on that guy that that we heard from in the clip, the mm-hmm. rescuer that like had her. He seems to have just like gone on and done well, normal. Yeah. But uh, her dad, Jessica's dad, was interviewed. It's actually a pretty comprehensive article. They address things like, "You were eighteen and your wife was seventeen at the time of this. How do you think that that impacted how it went?" Or you know. And yeah. he's like, hey, it was an extreme disadvantage. Like, we're so young, I couldn't even talk on a camera. Just a real nice guy. But they brought up how that fame negatively impacted some of the people involved. For example, one of his friends and also a rescuer, his name's Robert O'Donnell. Okay. He committed suicide four days after the Oklahoma City bombing, which, Yikes. you know, instantly, I know this is sad, but I'm like, what's the conspiracy? <laughs> right? There is none. I'm just here to tell you. But yeah. uh, kind of some interesting notes, though, from his his family about his life post-Jessica and that fame. He was like the guy that'd be talking to a girl at a party and be like, I'm the one to save baby Jessica. <laughs> and they'd be like, you and 400 other motherfuckers. <laughs> right. And he'd be like, God damn it. It wasn't just you and a spade, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. When he saw the Oklahoma City bombing on television, like that morning, and that was a big thing. I'm from there. Yeah, that's a tough deal. But he told his mother they are going to need a lot of help after this is over. She's he was talking about the first responders. He's mm-hmm. watching the firemen digging and you know doing all that shit. And it's the same thing. Like for him, it never left. Like he had seen that height of rescue and and whatever. And then every moment after that, he never got to live up to that. Yeah. Which, as I'm reading this, I think it's really sad, but it, it actually brought me back around to Tribe, the Sebastian Junger book yeah. that we've talked about here, and needing to be like wanted in society. 
And it just made me think, man, like once you have contributed to your tribe in such a grand way, like saved a life and gone the extra mile to do that. Yeah. Now it's a hole. When, now they're like, yeah, you just pull levers for eight hours. That's all we need. Yeah. And you're like, this is not how I contribute to my tribe, man. Yeah. I'm bigger than that. But do you also feel like that's a, uh, how a lot of military veterans feel? That's exactly. Whenever they come out of combat to where they're, you know, literally helping each other day in and day out just to make it through. And then you come home and you're just like mowing the lawn. That's exactly it. Yeah. We're, and we're going to get into that on the next episode. Yeah. But to answer your question, just fucking me and you talking, like, exactly. Wait, wait, you didn't get the culmination of this. <laughs> all right. Go ahead. I went to her 18th birthday party uh-huh. with all her family. And I was like, ah, you have you run out and bought cigarettes yet? You never get a nudie mag. Like, whatever <laughs> dumb jokes about the shit you can do when you're 18. Yeah. And everybody's like, ha, 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 This guy's ha, funny. Ha. Okay, so after I've proposed to her, and then I'm out of state, she's got to go. My dad worked at the courthouse at the time. She's got to come down. My mom's like, yeah, it's kind of fucking weird. Like she had to bring her mom with her and stuff, and I, could, she was like probing me, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't she take her mom? Like she, she don't know y'all, right? You know, whatever. Yeah. Like she's like, no, like uh, she had to have a legal guardian with her. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> and I go, mom, you're fucking high. I went to her 18th birthday party at her house. There were decorations. There was candles. Yeah, bro. It was all fabricated. What? I swear to God. Is this a real fucking story that you're telling right Fuck now? Fuck yeah, it is. Oh, wow. <laughs> I thought he was joking. No, swear yeah, to God. She was 17. Her mom had to sign the fucking marriage license. And then they sprung that shit on me like uh, weeks ahead of a wedding, which I'm, uh, I turned 20 like right before we got married, like a month or two. What? And so, I, Who is yeah. This man? And they sprung it on me and I was like, I mean, if she's 17, does it change anything for me? I mean, what do you do? You're fucking... <laughs> they got you in a gotcha moment in the corner, right? Wait, okay. Oh, oh, I'm, a fucking a number I have changes so, your love? I have so many questions. Wow. Fire them out, took tribe. A, fire them out. That took a turn. Go ahead. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Get your words together, bud. So, all right, so... Number one, what the fuck? I don't know, man. Uh, How did I not already know this story? All right, number two, was her, were they in on it? Were they? Yes. Okay, so they were. (laughs) Yeah, I think they were in on it. Okay, but they like wanted her to be married to you. Yes. She had a sister that was like 10 years older than her. Then she has a brother who's even older than that. Like, he's like 20 years older than her, but he's got like a different mom. So it's Uh, not the mom and dad that are married now type of thing. Yeah. And then they have a 17 year old 
who's doing nothing with her life. And they're like, well, he's in the army. He makes a steady paycheck. She'll get health care. And we don't have to fuck with having a 17-year-old in our house anymore. What? And, dude, the full-on assault to unload that. Been to their family place. Dad's like, oh, yeah, we got all this land. Let's go deer hunting, man. Fucking put me up in a fucking stand. Hook me up. I'm like, God, I feel like I'm king of the ranch. Hey, drive my truck around. Yeah, have a good time. Dude, I'm fucking. Damn, baiting you in. Then I go back I'm, to the army. This is your life? Yeah, true story. Was it in North Carolina, though? Uh, Well, yeah, that's where I was would eventually be stationed at the wedding time, yeah. Okay. I am... This gets so much better. How? <laughs> it gets better because... <laughs> what the fuck? I don't really know how this happened, but her older sister, the, after she's she's lived in North Carolina with me for a couple months, right? So uh-huh. I'm going to work and training, doing army shit. She's hanging out. A couple months in... Cause we've got a you know three bedroom little you know crap old house. Okay, her sister's like on the lamb running from the cops because apparently through some like legal thing the uh, children's father like they awarded him custody and I think it's simply because she like didn't show up for a court date. Okay, she just goes fuck it, burn it down through like ninja smoke canisters. <laughs> and before I knew it, she was in North Carolina. She and her two kids live with us. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. And I go, oh, wow, this is the whole thing. What? But here's the thing, bro. I'm about to go to Iraq. Like, I've got four, five more months of training, and then i got to leave for Iraq, which yeah. means she's going to go back home to her family and stay in Oklahoma, Okay. go to school. I'm going to be in Iraq. High school. <laughs> she... Dude, hang on. She got, she did graduate from an online high school. Oh, Jesus. Before she moved to North Carolina. It well, better fit her learning style, which I'm going to tell you right now was not fucking learning. Hold it together, fellas. I still don't. This only we? gets better. There ain't no I, way. I, I, I st- you're sure this happened to you? I fucking swear on every bit of it, and it gets better. Oh my god! <laughs> we gotta go, we gotta or, go or do you got you want to unpack some of that? We, whatever you want to do. What? Uh, I'm fucking. You got me for another hour and a half, dude. <laughs> let's just keep going. Let's see. Let's there's see where so it goes. much. All right. There's so much. If I get to something you want to unpack, oh, I yeah, mean, we'll it's you know. literally every sentence. So <laughs> go right ahead. Oh. All right. So, let's just fast forward to, I'm deployed, I've been there for like 30 days, and my friends back home are like, hey man, your wife moved back here? And like, there's weird shit going on. Oh God. (laughs) Turns out, she's just getting it from everybody. And the more I ask, the more people are like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I know her. Oh yeah, (laughs) oh I definitely know her. (laughs) That's the worst. So there's this whole thing where my mom goes and gets my car and like does all this shit. Meanwhile, like... I'm trying to fight a war. Like, I got other shit to deal with. Yeah. Slightly more important, for sure. So I just tell my dad. I go, hey, dad, hook me up. And he's like, no problem. If you are overseas and deployed, your spouse cannot file for divorce on you. Just so you know. That's called the Soldiers and Sailors Act. It's so that our soldiers and sailors can focus on the war and not what they have going on at home. Turns out, it doesn't work backwards. So I was like, file it. And... (laughs) 
and Damn. so I, I got divorced. I never even had to show up. My dad went show, signed my papers, and so that's that. I'm divorced, right? Okay. Right. Okay. Flash forward to I come back from Iraq. My mom's there. Okay. So the first stop after my mom picks me up and like we have our emotional homecoming, I'm like, hey, we should probably hit uh like Walmart. She's like, what you need? I'm like, some fucking clothes that aren't this monkey suit <laughs> that I've been wearing this whole time overseas because she sold all of my clothes. At one point while I was overseas, <coughs> I was emailing back and forth, begging this man not to buy my Gibson Les Paul guitar off of Craigslist from my ex-wife who was oh, selling wow. everything that I owned. Holy shit. So that was she a boop reboot button but wait there's more how when i show back up in north carolina i'm like ah back in the states you know hang out with my mom for a few days the new wears off we've got to go to work for a couple weeks before we get like a big block leave to go home for a month Mm -hmm. uh she's still in north carolina or crawled her way back out there i should say and she texts me one day i was like hey what's a scout and i'm like like a scout as in the MOS or like a guy that's in a scout platoon, the infantry guys, like what, I don't know why she's like, Oh, I met this guy. He says he's a scout. And I'm like, what's his name? Cause we have a scout platoon like with uh-huh. us. Uh, it's one of the guys in my unit. He knocks her up. This is all before we get to block leave, which is like weeks away. He knocks her up. They get married. She's married to a guy in my unit. Cause leave didn't go so smooth. They get divorced. She goes back to Oklahoma. Granted, her mother works at the little local shithole regional hospital there. Uh-huh. She says, hey, that's not your kid. He's trying to do paternity tests, and he does. He's got a lawyer involved. And he's talking to me about this shit. And I'm like, bro, I'm not in this clown show anymore. Like, I got out of the fucking tiny station wagon. I cannot help you. He's telling me about his lawyer. So he gets fucking paternity tests. It goes back. Like, he gets paperwork back from the hospital, and it's like, negative, not your kid. And he's like, I fuck it. I, it's, got, it's gotta be. We fucking live together through that time, right? Okay, and I go, hey, uh, you know her mom works in administration at that hospital, right? <laughs> what? Fucking gets on his lawyer. Gets on the hospital. Turns out her mom's fucking fired for fraud, fraudulently changing the results of the paternity test. What? So she was married and divorced twice by the time she was like 21, 22. Yeah. What's wrong, Garrett? You right over there, Fake 18th birthday party. Yeah. That, that's where the con started. That's the biggest slap in my face. I was literally in a fucking Truman show where everybody around me knew that I was the asshole. I don't even know what the fuck to say. Fucking gypsies, bro. Now that I think about it, they're the most gypsy-looking people I have ever fucking (laughs) laid eyes on. Oh, my God. I don't even know. I don't... I'm stuck in between... Like I, this is, is so stuck on stupid right now. It's not. I'm te- I'm, if anybody wow. out there could see my fucking face, right? My mouth has been open this entire time. I've never heard that story. And here, I thought the craziest fucking thing that you went through was falling out of air, an airplane. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, that's like that's my go-to bar story because people will only believe it if they're 
drinking beer sitting next to you. Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> I That's kind of what my family kept repeating in my ear throughout all of it. I was just so dumb. You just think you know everything at 18, man. Fuck. And also, I was like, ah, I got a job. I live out of state. Like, nobody tells me what to do. Almost, almost need... I almost feel like I need to let this story breathe and then respond on the next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> because there's so fucking much going on. I cannot believe that I didn't fucking know that already. Well, well th- I mean, look, that level of <laughs> chicanery, I, I don't even know if that's the word, <laughs> just, just fucking absolute clown shoes way of life. It's so easy to accidentally get there if you surround yourself with crazy or if you stumble into the web yeah and don't know you're in it there are people like that man that just that shit follows them jesus man crazy follows i i don't even i don't even like i want to i want to joke so bad about but i can't i don't know where to go <laughs> you're like it's the it's a whole tree of low hanging fruit well, it's just like I, I'm my, I'm really having trouble wrapping my mind around all of it at like as a whole. Like I'm still I'm really stuck. OK, you told the whole story and I listened to every bit of it. But the whole time I'm listening, I'm like a fucking fake 18th birthday party. Like I'm still at the beginning. Yeah, you couldn't get over that, huh? I'm still at the beginning. Yeah. And then I it, there's just so much in this. I don't I don't. That, yeah, that throws a, you off. You know damn well from knowing him that he's been deployed. We knew that. Yeah. But that you were married while you were deployed? Had no idea. Yeah. No idea. Well, I mean, for, I knew for that, a short I, time. So we're talking like only a few weeks or a few months? I, th- I think I was there. I think I was there about three months before like shit really hit, the, hit fan. the fan. And by yeah. f- month four, dad had like got it all settled for me. Yeah. And so then I had eight more months there. Of like, now I'm so, single. Yeah, so you weren't looking at it as like you knew that it, she could not divorce you. You knew that, right? I did. But you didn't want to drag it, knowing damn well that she'd probably sell all your stuff or burn it or get rid of it. But as opposed to waiting, and then as soon as you get back divorcing her and keeping your stuff, you were just like, that's one less thing to worry about. I can focus on what, you know, the task at hand. Is that the way you looked at it? I wouldn't have even have made that gamble that my stuff – would have made it that long if she thought things were cool. Yeah. Because I think in hindsight, like, she was crazy enough to have pawned all my shit and then try to make it all cool (laughs) when I got back. Like, well, some of it got wet, and then I had to throw it, and then, like, some of the other stuff. Like, you you just never know what kind that level of crazy will bring to you. Yeah, Yeah. gypsies. Stuff wasn't... (laughs) There was no hang-up on stuff for me. It was about... And fucking one of my bros, man, uh, John Bandy. He's actually one of the the big characters in the uh, book about the siege of Fallujah. It's called House to House. Yeah, we, we, you've told me about it. He's before. an amazing yeah. human. Yeah, uh, extremely intelligent man from a trailer park in Arkansas, but brilliant. We'll talk quantum computing and mechanics with you. Yeah. So we hit it off. I'm not saying I'm that smart, but like I'm smart enough to fucking listen when those people talk. Yeah. He told me when I was in Iraq, Chase, it's fucking not about stuff. It's not about love. It's not about whatever. 
this is about staying alive, what you're doing right here. And all that matters is that when you leave here, you have your fucking head held high and your pockets full of cash. That's what we're here for. Straight up. That's some tribe-ass shit. He's a tribe-ass motherfucker and doesn't even know it. Yeah. But, yeah, I said, you know what? The only way I walk out of here with my head high is I fucking take care of this. And the only way I walk out of here with my pockets full <laughs> is for damn sure if I get rid of that. Yeah. But, I mean, it really do- it shocks me that you even fucking trust anybody, honestly. <laughs> I, right. I, li- I, I think if some shit like that would have, uh, nothing even close to that has ever happened to me. If something of that magnitude had happened to me, I, I literally think that I probably would be living alone by myself in a fucking shed in the middle of the woods with booby <laughs> traps all around the shed. Like, I don't want anybody don't, at my fucking house. Don't talk dirty to me. <laughs> uh, you talk about trust, man. I, I got a Derringer pistol on both of you guys' nutsacks right now under this table. No, but, man, I, I think that it, for me... I wouldn't love my wife now. I wouldn't be so excited about having a son with her. Yeah. Like, I have no children. We're about to have our first child. I wouldn't really know what love is, I think, if I hadn't done the crazy fucking American Horror Story freak show version of it <laughs> first. You know yeah. what I mean? Get to the point that you're yeah. at now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. It's Everything a, that you've gone through informs who you are now. I, I think. Right. That you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. No, that that's it. I'm pretty fortunate too, like to have come out the other side of that and everything in between, and have somebody that is like, "Hey, don't forget to talk about this on the show," right. like or like once somebody who will actually listen to our dumbasses ranting. That's it, right? I, you know, it, it's funny. Like she was never <laughs> of all the listeners. I never expected my wife to like listen diligently. Yeah. You know, to every episode and there is no expectation that she'll continue to do that. I don't mean to be presumptuous, but yeah. of course she has to get my sense of humor kind yeah. of. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. a part of her brilliance is that she does, but she's like not funny. <laughs> you know, like she could tone it down. Yeah. But yeah, man, I mean, all in all, look, we can't be mad at the people we are. You can't be mad at the the situation that you're in. And if you are, change it. Right. You know what I mean? That's simple. And cheers to finding home. Cheers to finding home. Couldn't hear it, but there was a clink. (laughs) Clink. In Canada, it is illegal to pay with too much change. But there's no definitive amount. Like, the guy at the cash register can just say, come on, buddy, that's too much. There was a major corporation that did that shit. I think what? maybe uh, Apple had to pay Microsoft or Microsoft had to pay Apple or some shit. And they paid them in quarters. In dump trucks. Wow. Seriously. Like, that's a thing. 
I, I'm gonna look, young Jamie look that shit up. <laughs> oh, my we keep word. mentioning. I don't know how many if if anybody out there even knows what the young Jamie shit even means because you know go listen to Rogan. Yeah, he's got young Jamie there, just always at the helm. And Quick if I know anything, two, very responsive. Jamie is googling every word they're saying at all times. <laughs> Uh, but I'm kind of sad that you broke the fourth wall because I was hoping there were some folks out there that were like, God, I just, how do I get an intern job with that, with whatever that Jamie does? <laughs> how can I be a fact checker while these guys are just cut it out, clowning, bro. <laughs> taking applications though here at the man tribe. If anybody's interested. Hey, also, if you'd like to have your own podcast, you should hit us up because we do have a studio. I'm pretty sure we could produce you right up. This one is going to hit y'all deep. In Massachusetts, it's illegal for restaurants to serve alcohol unless you order a meal with it. Uh, you, so you cannot just straight up drink the night away. Which, I mean, there's ways around it. Yeah, you could just order an appetizer, but that's kind of fucking frustrating, don't you think? If yeah. you just want to go out, like if they have their happy hour special, and you just got off work at 5 and it's from 5 to 7, you just want to go have a few drinks with some coworkers. Nah. I don't really go to a restaurant like a like a restaurant restaurant, except I've done it a couple of times at a Mexican restaurant and gone and just drank margaritas. Yeah. Right. But <clears throat> I'm not going to the outback and just slamming beers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Even though they I mean they have a bar there, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like I'm not going to Texas Roadhouse and just getting fucking hammered at Dude, a table. What what's up with the outback in College Station? Like Oh, it's dope. It is right on the fucking street, though. Like, Uh, the uh stairs come out of the front door onto the busiest road. Yeah. (laughs) Like, out. why don't they call it up front? (laughs) Because they built that bitch right in the fucking fire lane. You know what the dopest thing about that is, though? Like, okay, so Outback, it doesn't have the best, it's not the best food in the world. But it's good. It's good. It's decent, decent steaks. Nobody ever thinks about that shit. It's like the chilies of Australian cuisine. Right. But nobody ever thinks to go there. So, like, while you're, you could be waiting an hour and a half to eat at Texas Roadhouse to get this steak, <laughs> you could just go sit the fuck down at Outback. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no hostess at the front. You could literally just go sit down. Right. You just walk in and you're like, you know what? I'm going to just sit. This looks like a nice booth and sit there and get yourself a blooming onion. It's nobody's first choice. <laughs> so everybody in there is like, ah, this is what settling is yeah. like. Like, these people are all right. Yeah, We but, can be settlers. See, me and Cheyenne, we, we fucking, we knew the game. So we were like, okay, fuck this waiting shit. Because we did this like two or three different times. We'd go to a restaurant. Like, we would pull up at Texas Roadhouse and we'd be like, man, it looks like there are a bunch of people waiting there. So she calls. What's the wait? Oh, 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah, fuck that. All right, because I'm hungry right. now. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm not down with that. Then we would pull up to some other restaurant. What's the wait? Oh, you know, hour to hour and a half. Yeah, fuck that. All right. Every time we were like, let's just go to Outback. <laughs> right. Never a wait, ever. <laughs> I will give up steak quality <laughs> to to sit the fuck down and start eating. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, right. Because I'm when I'm going to look for a restaurant, I'm hungry right the fuck then. Yes. I don't want to wait 
it's, in line with a bunch of fucking time. people that nobody wants to talk to each other and like everybody's really hungry so there's some people that are over here being cranky and they have kids with them too and they're just running all over the fucking waiting room like tell junior to sit the fuck down dude yeah like if you beat on that lobster tank any fucking harder the lobsters are going to have you for dinner right you're not you're not even going to pick one of them so you're not rich enough you little Kool-Aid lip motherfucker <laughs> Get the fuck out of here Dude, that's my phobia, though. Like, my wife will tell you, don't stand in a line with this fucking guy. Because you know what I do when I stand in a line? I stand in a line, and I stand in it the best, the quietest. I'm here to stand in line. I'm not here to talk to you. I'm not here Mm -hmm. to look at other shit. Mm -hmm. I'm here to stand in this fucking line and get to the fucking front. Yep. Right. Lines suck for everybody when everybody... Is talking, is on their phone, is fucking jib jabbering behind you, is like flaunting their business. And my goal is to leave as little intel about me as possible <laughs> on camera, in a line. <laughs> like these people didn't ask for it, they don't deserve it. <laughs> so when she's like, did you like that other citronella thing that we got? Because I don't think that it worked a lot. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't, I don't break eye contact. Like I, I, I'm staring out the front door. Like everybody in line has their eyes on the prize. So, anyways, that's my weird thing. Like I do that, man, in line. It, it just, it makes me uncomfortable. I can't talk on a phone on speakerphone anywhere. Oh, no. It's weird. No, dude. Yeah, that's the worst. People who talk on speakerphone in public? Yes. Dude, what the fuck? The only time that I have my phone on speakerphone is either when the person that I'm talking to, like if Jason calls me and it's me and Cheyenne at home. Right. I might put it on speakerphone because... He's really calling me to talk to both of us, right? Yeah. To ask us what we're doing. Absolutely. You know, like, what are our plans that evening, whatever. Or if I'm just by myself. Right. If I'm completely by myself, like, if I'm sitting on the front porch, Cheyenne's doing somebody's hair, you know, late at night, 7 o'clock at night. I'm sitting on the front porch having a beer, smoking a cigarette. My dad calls me. I might put it on speakerphone. Not loud enough to where the fucking neighbors can hear it. Right. That's where I was going to draw the line was outside. Maybe like behind closed doors I could talk on speakerphone. Well, see, I'll just, (laughs) I'll turn it down a little bit because, you know, my dad's a loud man. Right. I'll turn it down a little bit and that way I don't have to hold it up to my face. I can just set it on the table next to me and kind of talk to him and smoke a cigarette. But, yeah, a fucking speakerphone in public... What are you doing? It offends me. I feel like it's invasive. Yeah. Weirdly. Like, I don't want to know about your life. I don't want you to talk about it like I should know. Right. <laughs> Dude, I don't even want to honestly talk on the phone in public. Right. I'm that like, way too. In a Walmart or a Target or something like that. Like I don't want I don't want anybody to overhear me say something about my own life. These people don't need to know what kind of shit I got going on. I mean that that's me too and it's not like there's anything crazy. It's just like 
why volunteer that? Right. Like, I, but then again, I'm going to tell you right now, we're a little bit on the cuckoo side <laughs> because like normal people can just stand in line at Walmart and shoot the shit. Yeah. yeah. And and I know that it's like my weird. I think military time, like stand in line, you're going to get shots at yeah. every station. Not a lot of jibber jabber. I just did that for a long time, and I'm like, I'm the best at this. And I am. I, I win every line I'm in. I, I fucking promise. Champ. Yeah. But, you know, there are times that, like, I'll overcompensate. I think we've been to Walmart a few times, and we'll be chit-chatting. and be like, I'm going to show them how fucking cool I am, talk about stuff while I'm paying this lady. And then I always, like, flub it and put my card in backwards. Or, like, it's, and then I'm like, oh, i got to get out of this line. Right. I'm losing today. And see, that's it's totally different for me because I'm just socially awkward, <laughs> just naturally, right? So I don't want to, I don't want to have to interact with other people because, yeah. not because I I dislike people so much, because I'm fucking terrified that I'm gonna fuck it up, right? R- like right off the bat. So like when you go to the movies and you get, you know, has it ever happened to you where you go to the movies and they give you your ticket and they're like, enjoy your movie, oh, thanks you too. When you're walking inside, yes, do that all yeah. the time. That yeah. I hate that kind that of shit. type of shit. And then you think about it for like the next month, <laughs> all through the movie. Yeah, and <laughs> just ruined. Not that that person that you said that to is ever. They just like laughed it off and then forgot it. But yeah. over the next month, you're gonna be like, God damn it, you fucking idiot! You said you too, like they were coming to watch the movie with you. <laughs> like, yeah, Jason. And you don't know why it bothers you so much, but it does. Yeah, it's just exactly. It's oh, well, yeah, because you're like, I only get the one chance to make a first impression. Right. Uh, how would it make you feel, both of you feel, to know that in my profession, it's full of pitfalls? The other day, after a murder-suicide, the family calls, trying to schedule Michael to get out there. As he's on the phone, he goes, all right, well, let's... Uh, yeah, let's shoot for two o'clock, and and yeah, okay. And they're like, shoot, shoot, <laughs> shoot for two. Oh, shit. And so yeah, it's it's back pedals all day. Oh, do you know God how? Damn. What do you do, man? When you see somebody or you're meeting somebody for the first time, let's like somebody calls you for a job, Garrett, and you show up, or you got a new yeah. part, whatever, and you got to meet them. You go, hey man, how you doing? Hey, like you, you introductions, right? Yeah. We we only know how to do introductions in a positive, inquisitive style. Yeah. Because ninety nine point nine percent of the time, that's what you're gonna do. There's been many times that we show up and we go, "Hey, it's great to meet you," and they're like, "Why? Why is it fucking great?" Like, yeah, it's totally not. And you're like, "Oh, damn it!" You're like, here because the a person that I love shot themselves. Right. Yeah. And it's not. And we don't mean that it's great. Yeah. I mean. Just trying to have a positive outlook on it. It's just those things that you say every day that yeah. you just not just in the right to, situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, if you're scared of feeling awkward, that's a that's a tough one. And I've gotten a lot better at that type of shit. Imagine me at everything I just explained. Socially awkward. Like, I my number one fear is fucking it up right off the bat. Okay. <laughs> And I go into a profession where it's literally just me walking up to these people's house. Right. Like, this is their home. This is where they are most comfortable. I've never been here before. 
and I have to introduce myself to you in your most comfortable setting. <laughs> yes. Like, that is the absolute worst situation for somebody who's socially awkward to be in. But it helped, though. It helps. Like, <laughs> so now when I meet people, like, it's not as – because you kind of have – and I'm sure that you've, you know, been through this too. You kind of have, like, the – I don't know, the the script that you run through. Yeah. Like, you have a, a, a thing in your mind where it's like, okay – introduce like you know introductions and like how are you doing and i run through possibilities in my head a lot right yeah right and so now you know i've built that up over the years of doing seven years of pest control shit where i have to talk to people every time i go to their house right you know and so it's it's helped out a shit ton but it's still there in the back of my mind yeah like every time i do it i'm like don't fuck it up. Don't fuck this up. Well, and, two, and two, you're like, I got to fucking make Papa proud. I don't want to lose a customer because right. they're like, can you believe this idiot said, yes, ma'am? <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's my dumbass said, enjoy your yeah. movie. Uh, yeah. Right. Got me every time. Hey, Thankfully, I've only gotten good reviews. Now, I don't know if I'm sure I'm sure somebody out there has not liked me, but they at least kept it to themselves. So. Yeah, Jason's raising his hand. You're a fucking well, dick bag. Usually, usually we're asking for uh, you know you guys to get active on social media. Uh, disregard on that one. <laughs> if you yeah. don't like Garrett's work, don't yeah. worry about that. Or you know, Jarnay's got a Facebook page. Just hit, hit five stars on that bitch. You yeah, because we'll make a fucking new Jarnay page in no time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't wait. Uh, hey, speaking of the pest control business, we got Halloween coming up. It's right around the corner. What are the odds that you can be the bug guy from Men in Black? You can be Will Smith. Oh, easy. And I can be Tommy Lee Jones. So I gotta be uh, uh, Edgar. Well, and we gotta <laughs> be Edgar. And we got a bug truck to ride around and shoot laser beams <laughs> off of, like to really hone it in. Sugar water. <laughs> Sugar water. Sugar. More. Water. More. More. <laughs> uh, Is that better? <laughs> I I will actually every now and then throw that Men in Black reference at my wife when she's like, "You want fresh pepper?" I'm like, "Sure." And she starts grinding, and I go, "More." <laughs> uh, she loves it. She loves it. I'm sure she's probably gonna text me when oh, yeah. she listens to this and say, "I don't love it." Uh, corrections. I hate it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Want to go on the record? Yeah. 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 No. I think she really does love it. Hey, we were talking about the mummy uh last episode being a TNT hit. Like Yeah. Oh classic. It, it's it's one of those movies like no matter what hotel room you're in in America, Jurassic Park or the Mummy's playing on one channel. Or Transformers. Now yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's newer. any yeah. of them. That's that any new of age them. one. Oh, because yeah. they all sell. It's just yeah. a numbers game. Well it's giant robots fighting each other, explosions. Who doesn't want to see that shit? Yeah. Come on, man. If giant robots fight each other, I'm going to watch that shit. It's kaijus. <laughs> I'm all about the kaiju, bro. It's a trash story. All of it. Every one of them. Trash. Yeah, but you're not watching it for the story, though. No, you're watching it for giant robots beating the shit out of each it's other. Kind of like with, with certain horror films. Do you watch yeah. it because it's got a great plot or because it scares the shit out of you? You know? Both. Along the same lines, for me... 
the men in black, it doesn't matter, one, two, or three. Yeah. I will watch them. I would put one of those movies on to go to sleep to every night for the rest of my life and be happy. There's like just this perfect level of something in those films. I'm not saying they're brilliant. No. That was my inner bug man. (laughs) It's all that that sugar. Sugar water. It looked like he was wearing a egg or soup. (laughs) That was something with an egg or soup on. She's all fucking sloshed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're talking about um, if you went to sleep at night, you could watch. They're not like uh, extremely intelligent. Although three brought like when you figured out that... Tommy Lee fucking Jones raised Will Smith and right. yeah. cared for him. And Especially if you watched the first two. And you know how hard he was on him. Yeah. And what a fucking prick he was at times. Yeah. He was like super dad because I accidentally fucked up you having your real dad. Right. Spoilers. God damn it. I'm about to cry in the studio. I know, man. <laughs> and that's what it is. I, I guess that's what I'm getting at is it didn't take a lot of crazy storylines although it's yeah it's aliens but it's just visually the pace is easy it's so easy to follow it's just funny enough and then they hit you in the feels and you care for it like right i can just watch it i know it ends good there's no weird leave you with a question mark i mean jam up the the fucking storyline scientology follows (laughs) crazier shit than the men in black storyline that's true like yeah, it's not hard to follow. It's like this super simple shit where you don't have to overthink when you watch it. And they have the soundtrack to go with it. I mean, it's right. super easy to, to Here market. Here comes the men in black. Galaxy Defenders. Uh-oh. Did you hear that harmony right there? Yeah, Holy we pra- shit. We've been practicing. Sorry I missed out on the harmonies, man. I was trying to get cold brews. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a grand series. Uh, I watched, I think everybody knows that uh, terrible after earth where I think Will Smith was like God if I don't get this kid famous I don't get him out of my fucking house right. like he don't do nothing and so he made him a movie it was a turd yeah absolute shit and then he went on to be Karate Kid which slightly better was it okay I yeah, didn't watch it it. It, was, yeah. it was okay it was fuck it was better than after earth yeah shit that was a pile of horse shit yeah, it was like a walking simulator for a I'm long not, time. and I'm not even going to put that on a horse. That was a pile <laughs> of skunk shit. It was terrible. Yeah. But Karate Kid, a little bit better. Yeah, but, I mean, you can't really compare his kids to – I mean, you're going to, but it's like comparing Michael Jordan's two sons to him when it came to basketball. Yeah. Like one of the two – I actually, I think both of them played like at a small, small college. Yeah. Well, I know Je- Jeffrey went to UCF, which is they're, – they're big now in football, though. Yeah. So, not – yeah. And then, like, you know, to compare it to Will Smith's kids, Willow had that I'll Whip Your Hair back and forth, that song. Yeah, mm-hmm. had a hair whip. Yeah, and since then, don't even know if she exists. And then with Jalen. <laughs> Might have been a ghost all along. Yeah. Karate kidding it up. And then other than that. He he tweets stupid shit. Does he? Oh, oh my God. That's fair. If you're if you're just a clown in the media, yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do, man? Let me. I'm going to pull up some of his best tweets because this is <laughs> fucking great. All right, folks. 
I'm going to say it for the probably fourth time. This is just going to become like a, a man tribe staple. Buckle your fucking hats on. <laughs> I, you know, every time you say that, I think about how goddamn tough the pilgrims are. <laughs> right. <laughs> every time I'm like, man, they woke up in the morning and buckled their fucking hats on every day. Fire up these brilliant Jaden Smith. Best tweets. Okay, just uh, oh god, man, he's so dumb. But he's like fake deep. <laughs> he does like the fake deep shit. It's about as deep as After Earth was. <laughs> yeah, okay. exactly. So let's see here. December sixteenth, two thousand twelve. I only apply to the Sixth Amendment. Should we pull up the Sixth Amendment? The Sixth Amendment of the Constitution guarantees American citizens the right to a free, uh, fair trial. What does he mean? I only applied to the sixth. What? Like they're not taking applications, motherfucker. They're full. <laughs> they're staffed. Five days later, December twenty first, two thousand twelve. <laughs> that's when the Earth was supposed to end, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, dying is mainstream. Hashtag money. So question marks. Is he saying like that's big news? If you're famous, like when you die, it's mainstream. I don't know that I'd get drugged into that deep I water. Just, yeah, I don't know that. Uh, yeah. All right. Here's another one. March 23rd, 2013. Most trees are blue. Did he just watch Liar Liar? <laughs> just wanted to make sure he wasn't under the spell. I just don't. I don't know what's going on here. Does it have the time that he tweeted it at? Mm-mm. Mm. No. Here's this is the best one, and this is what makes me, uh, what made me think about like his tweets okay. in general. Uh, May first, two thousand thirteen. How can mirrors be real if our eyes aren't real? That just seems like LSD induced. Honestly, <laughs> honest opinion. I think that this guy is a space cadet in some on some level, and he's like, ah, I should just fire a tweet out there. But that's two thousand thirteen. Okay, so that was five years ago. So he tweeted that when he was 15. I'm kind of intrigued, man. I just want to keep hearing him. Right. Are there whole accounts just devoted to, like, saving those? Yes, absolutely. Like, uh, there's Twitter accounts that are just, like, built on his persona. <laughs> okay. So there's, like, a Jaden Smith parody account, like, shit like that. And now he's got the blonde hair. and It's a bold look. He can actually rap, though. Really? Yeah, like for real rap. Okay. Like that that's not even a joke. Like he can actually he's pretty good. And I, I think at some point he had said that he's like the greatest or some shit. Uh, stop. But Will well, Smith That's a rap thing. You have to say that. You can't say I'm second best. Yeah, I Everybody think uh that. Will Smith like responded and now I'm kind of just talking out of my ass because I remember Will Smith coming out with a rap Okay. Like responding to his son, I think. Okay, but that's like a weird meta internal right. power play, feed off each other. Right. I think he's tried to elevate his kids. My question is, if he's good at rap, why didn't you lead with that? You should have did something other than the Earth movie. That's what his little sister wanted to do. You can't both be the greatest, right? Shit, you got two of them. Hell, she's whipping her hair. Why don't you whip these asses in rap battles? <laughs> like, I don't... 
Well, I feel like we're at uh, the Smith family Thanksgiving like dinner table hashing out problems. Have you seen uh, Will Smith? He's got like a he's got a great Instagram. It's like professionally produced, of course, you know. And he's a cool cat, man. I'll pick on him, but yeah, I like Will Smith. Seems like a solid dude for real. I mean, I wouldn't like bake my grandma into a cookie and try to feed it to him or anything. <laughs> God, I would hope not. <laughs> Did you guys hear about that? No, absolutely not. I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but uh, it's a pretty simple story, I think. I'll just give you the rundown. There was a couple of high school kids. I think it was like Davis, California. Pretty much just like I said, just decided that they were going to take one of their grandma's remains and bake them into cookies. And So this wasn't even an accident, like they did it on purpose? No, it's just like this weird, malicious thing. So Well, now this has gotten dark, it, okay? Absolutely. It's goddamn young kids, boy. If you find yourself baking people into things, stop. <laughs> just stop. So it wasn't just one kid acted alone. There was a few kids involved. It sounds like a like a buddy duo. Yeah, I didn't know if it was like a kid getting bullied. He's like, oh, I'm going to show you. This will teach him. Or if it was like a group thing and it was just supposed to be like some prank. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, that's like one of those like YouTube pranks where the prankster like gets a fucking concealed firearm pulled on them. And they're like, whoa, it's just a prank, bro. <laughs> yeah, but it's but it's not, though. Yeah. I mean, if I wanted to eat your grandma, I would have gone over to fucking 123 Maple Street and done it myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't have to go that far. How do we get to Little Red Riding Hood? Hey, do you know they're making a reboot of uh, Grimm? Did you ever watch that? Hey, I, yeah. <sighs> I feel like I did. Was that, that was based on the Grimm Brothers stories, right? Yes, uh, the Grimm Brothers, like the fairy tales. Yeah, but the the fucking dark ones. Yes. Yeah. This was a CW show. Okay. There was like heavy undertones of, you got to like consider the time. It was kind of like social equality propaganda, which I don't mean like propaganda, like social equality sucks, because that's not what I mean at all. Yeah. But yeah. It, it was like mer- merging the blue Baden and the, the Grimm, and like yeah. they're not supposed to be friends, but they are, and they're a crime-fighting duo. Okay. And then we bring like the other species, and they fall in love, and like it got to be a little much. There's but interspecies relationships on this, yeah. On this show. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I always thought it never had a big enough budget because it's a CW show. Well. Buffy was, like, getting all the money there, I think. Yeah. yeah. And Arrow. And Arrow, yeah. Yeah. Right. Arrow's pretty decent, right? Yeah. I mean, for the most part, I, I only watched, like, three seasons of it, and then I kind of got tired. Okay. So, yeah. But, I mean, that, that that's a whole... We can cover that on another podcast. Right. DC's fucked up universe because they have a TV universe and a movie universe. And they're completely separate. You don't go to universes. That's no. too much. No, they yeah, they have they literally they have a TV Superman and a movie Superman. And they have a TV Supergirl and now they're making a Supergirl movie with uh Ruby Rose. Yeah. Is the is Supergirl? Right on. That's um, a lot to handle. Yeah. It's just they have a TV Flash and they have a movie Flash and they're making a Flash movie. And they're also talking about changing Superman because Henry Cavill's not going to play him anymore. Yeah, that's yeah, another story. That's, it's all messed up. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah I a, can't it's even. A, it's a fucking nightmare over there. It's, <laughs> it's a, I mean, there's people at DC just they're jumping out of windows because that shit sucks. 
Wow. I've got enough to keep up with in terms of like just the Marvel universe and yeah. like trying to hang with you guys knowledge wise. And then I got my family and my brother in law since we've talked about that stuff and he's like, Hey, what about Adam? And all these questions yeah. and I'm like, That'd be a great question for my Marvel guys. <laughs> right. You know, and I gotta bring it to Did you. Did we even get into Adam Warlock? You know, I don't think we did, um, but I think that you and I and Jason collectively had discussed, like, uh, closer to the Captain Marvel release. Yeah. Because those two kind of tie together. Yeah. And, and I think that would be a good time to, we'll kind of save that Yeah. content. Yep. But, uh, Kobe, if you're out there. Kobe, if you're listening. We're going to talk about that. We're yes, we are. In due time, my man. You can't talk about the Infinity Gauntlet. And the Soul Stone without talking about Adam Warlock. Shouts to you, Kobe. Yeah, I was actually pretty shocked. It's 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 really cool because I've got to spend very limited time with my brother-in-law. And he's fucking awesome. But, you know, I saw him at my wedding. And I'm like, who's this guy my sister brought? Gets married <laughs> and such. And, you know, so I, I got to, like, try and play it off but he's just so cool he's just so nice man just a great person and uh but very genuinely caring person but you know i don't know him in depth so for him to just randomly be like hey man listen to the podcast what do you think about this and it's like some alternate storyline comic book stuff that yeah i wasn't super familiar with like we had talked about it but i just didn't know and i'm like damn it he's even better than i thought <laughs> like can't he's even on the marvel shit can't hate him no he's great man hey and last time uh my mom and my sister were in town uh he couldn't make it over but they were telling me uh they sat down with with kobe and and some of his family and they have some really really interesting spooky stories from kind of places they grew up mm-hmm. and and they've been of course uh kobe's full-blood Cherokee, Native American, great dude. His mother, Wilma Mankiller, was the first female chief of the uh, Cherokee tribe. And also, they made the movie about her, uh, the Cherokee word for water. So, uh, very important figure. And, and of course, because of his upbringing, he's just super interesting. But uh, when my mom and and my sister were saying like, oh, they've he's got some really cool, like really sketchy kind of paranormal stories about some of those places. Shit. I like bet we got to get know, him that's on. That's right up. That's right up our alley. Yeah, Ghost Adventures. Come hey, on with it. Hey, did Zach Zach Baggett is he the one that put together Ghost Adventures? Baggins. Baggins is yeah. that the name? Zach Baggins. Maybe I heard it. Just and it's Baggins. Zach with Z A K. Even cooler. It's like Dex, the dude from Punked. Yeah. I heard, actually, he made a movie called, like, Demon House. Do you know that? Oh, no. Like a, like a, like yeah. a documentary? Or like a feature, uh, like a... I think it's like a feature movie. Or it might be like Paranormal Activity, like Mockumentary, or whatever they call that. Okay. We'll have to look that up. That, that came up on a show I was listening to today, and they were like, oh, the guy from Ghost Adventures, he also made this movie, and it's decent, even though we hate Zach Baggins. But I pr- was pretty sure... It's Baggins, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think they called him Baggins the whole time. Well, like, he was a fucking hobbit. Yeah. Bilbo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know he has his own museum of, like, haunted artifacts in Las Vegas. He lives in Las Vegas, 
and he has a museum of artifacts that he has acquired throughout his ghost adventuring, and he has them all in the same place. Spooky. Is there a bunch of creepy mirrors too? <laughs> I think it, I think there's two or three mirrors in there. He never looks in them though because his hair's fucked. But you know, he's got a stylist, I'm sure. Not a very good one. Can't hate the guy for sticking to that look, man. It's like the yeah. guy Fieri thing. You can't you can't change your hair now. It's too yeah. late. It's it's money. You're 16 seasons in. That's it. You picked too early. Yeah. You you wrote it out in the 90s. Stick with it. You didn't anticipate the change. Peroxide's out. Speaking of ghost venturing, I'm gonna do that this weekend. Let's talk about it. Uh-huh. What are you? You got anything going on this weekend? Man, uh, I think Oklahoma plays TCU this weekend. Oh shit! Coming sad. off that hard. Hard loss to Texas. Yeah, it's a tough one to watch, but it's every year, man. You just you can't predict OU Texas based on rankings. Yeah, you can't predict. You can't even predict based on how they've played all season. No, it just is a shit fest. Yeah, and now, oh God, ESPN and the poll makers and all, they're so in love with Texas all the time. They always are. They'll go six and six one year, and they change coaches, right? And they have nothing but young players, and uh, it's it's kind of a meme at this point. Fucking Gus Johnson, they beat Maryland like in overtime. I think it was like three years ago, <laughs> and he's like, "Texas is back," and they end up going six and six. Yeah, like no, they're not. You overreacted yeah, to but, an overtime game. But, like, one of the six was beating, like, number three OU. <laughs> yeah. And Always. You, you fucking, like, lost to Kansas. Like, uh, Oh, that's the b- biggest know. knife in the back. Like, and they'll give it to us. They beat us. And then they'll go on to just get murdered. Yeah. Against everybody. Yeah. So, yeah. I know. It fucking sucks. But you'll be all right. Man. Yeah. T- y'all, y'all be okay. TCU's tough, though. Uh like I think if we get the win, which we should, but it will say a lot about the strength and heart because I don't think that we're going to go in there and beat TCU easy. Yeah, I'm giving them a lot of credit. I've seen them pull some trickery. They're in it to win it, man. Gary Patterson's a hell of a coach, and that team will always be good as long as he's there. A and M's off this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. A and M has got nothing going on. They play Mississippi State on the 27th. Right. So who's uh who's JJ Watt playing? Who they got this week? Uh the Jaguars. Right? Mm-hmm. In Jacksonville. Yeah. After that trouncing they took to the Cowboys. Uh yeah. hopefully we have a chance of pulling that one off. You know, late fourth quarter overtime. So yeah. that's our that's our thing this season. So. <laughs> take what we yeah. can get. Please Over, overtime only. But somehow fucking Cowboys scored forty on Jacksonville. <laughs> Okay. I don't. I, I don't even. I watched part of the game, and I ha, I don't even know how. Prescott was on fire. That's yeah. Well, that's literally what it came down to is, uh, Cole Beasley was left open a lot, which I'm not gonna act like he's not like another watered down version of Wes Welker. Um, he is very small. He is a good route runner, yeah. so he gets to where there's somebody. You know, there's nobody there, and somehow Dak was just able to find him. And he's the Honda Civic. He looked man. for the gaps. He found him. Zeke is Zeke. Yeah. Dak didn't play shitty. He played a little, you know, slightly above average, and Jacksonville just took that L. And hopefully they take two in a row. Fucking right. Speaking of uh, Zeke, I think I, I might have said on one of the earlier podcasts that he was 
maybe the best running back in the NFL. I'm going to amend my statement because Todd Gurley fucking exists. And yeah. Ooh, change of heart. No, Todd Gurley is a the man. That dude, oh, Jesus Christ. He's so fucking good. It's, it's. Who's Gurley play for? The Rams. Okay. Yeah. Los Angeles Rams. No, not St. Louis. Rest in peace, Sam Bradford. <laughs> right. Fuck. <laughs> He's toiling away in the fucking dredges of Arizona. Fucking Rams his- O-line dug that grave. He's made so many millions of dollars being mediocre as fuck. He, that's the thing. Like, he's not – I don't think he's mediocre. If you put, like, a legit line in front of him and some people with sticky hands. You know what? I feel like that's most That's most of the quarterbacks in the NFL. If you put a good team around him, Case Keenum last year for the Vikings, boss, he went the fuck off. Right. Lost to the Saints in what, the NFC – no, the in the second round when they lost to the Saints. That wasn't the NFC Championship game. No, they lost to the Eagles, right? They lost to the Eagles. Because they pulled off that miraculous yeah, yeah, come yeah, from yeah. behind. Yeah, okay. Ah, in your face, Corey. Yeah, they beat the Saints. <laughs> yeah. So they, they ended up losing to the uh, Eagles in the NFC Championship game. Case Keenum led them there. He's not that great of a quarterback. He's He just had a great team around him. We're kind of seeing that this year. Now they have Kirk Cousins. They're like they're a lot better, even though they had that one weird game where they lost to Buffalo for whatever fucking reason. Okay, but yeah, it's like being a fucking F sixteen pilot at that level. Everybody can fly a jet. Yeah, but who can do the crazy loop de loops? Right. You know, Tom Brady can. Tom Brady's <laughs> the answer. Yes. I got nothing to add. To that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, he's. You're right. He's the fucking answer. Yeah. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Drew Brees. And Aaron Rodgers. We're about to become our dads. You realize, like, I remember. I'm there. I remember my dad talking to me like I got a, a like a Tom Landry card, like a trading card. And he was yeah. like, "Oh, Tom Landry used to be coach the Cowboys." You know, talking about back in the day when they were good. And yeah. you know, on that rant, or uh, well, Emmett Smith was still like playing when I was little and watching. But mm-hmm. you know, my dad will still be like, "Well." Never, never been anybody like Emma Smith. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, there's better. There is now. We know. But, you know, you just remember those old players. And, like, that was the benchmark that was set. Yeah. I feel like we're starting to turn over those quarterbacks. But, yeah. But Breeze, Brady, who who else do you say? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Ro- That's yeah. yeah, that's the old guard. Yeah. Like, I remember when Aaron Rodgers was Brett Favre's, like, who's this guy? Yeah, back up. Yeah, and Green Bay chose him over Brett Favre. Yeah, because Brett Favre wanted to come back from retirement, and they were like, "Stick to the fucking Levi's commercials." Dude, we have Aaron Rodgers. We don't need you anymore. And they fucking <laughs> traded him to the Jets. <laughs> he played a year for the Jets and was shit, and then he retired again, and then he went to the Vikings, and he was actually good there. But yeah, but he st- but to still, the NFC Championship game. That's an example of you should have quit when you quit. Right? Yeah. It just it just didn't get better. And not that like you couldn't do it or you didn't do great relative to what I could do. Yeah. But come on, man. Well, it's Brett Favre. Well He might come back from retirement tomorrow. 
He makes fucking hell pair of jeans. I know that. <laughs> and that geriatric chocolate lab that's in all the commercials. Beautiful. Fucking hits America right in the heartstrings. <laughs> oh, God damn it. There's a reason he's successful. Love that pupper. He's a man's man. Yeah. I bet he fucking lives on a ranch right next to Brock Lesnar. In Mississippi, though. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Brock Brock is a Canadian now. <laughs> Fuck him. He's a he's a Canadian. He needs like one of those like Darth Vader voice changers, but like in his neck all the time. Yeah, I, if he just smoked more, I think he would. It would help. Brock, hit me up. We'll get you a carton. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man tribe. That's going to be it for us today. We'll be back next episode with some tribe talk. We've been promising that to you guys, and we are going to bring it. We're going to bring the fire, and we're going to bring the feels. Hey, guys, make sure you check out all of our social media accounts. If there's something you'd like to hear about, something you'd like to say, something you'd like to add, something you'd like to correct, hit us up. Let us know. If we're wrong, we'd love to fix it. If you guys like it, we'd love to know about it. Uh, If you guys laughed, we'd like to know that you laughed, and we'd like to laugh with you, and we'd like to laugh at you for laughing at us. (laughs) Follow me. Go Astros. All right, go Astros. Everybody's rooting for you. You're in it to win it, just like always. In H-Town, we are so proud. Everybody out there, thank you again so much for listening. Stay tribe.